Hi, everyone. Welcome uh, to the first of two, uh, in a way, additional National Signing Day uh, player pods for the defensive side of the football. As you can guess, since we're saying additional, that means that we're talking about the guys that committed actually on National Signing Day. The first one we're going to talk about, uh, this one is Corey Bolts, a six foot three. 280-pound defensive tackle uh, from Paramus, New Jersey. Went to uh, New Jersey powerhouse, Paramus Catholic. He's the number 536 overall player in the country. And here to talk about him, I'm Bill DeFilippo. Matt DeBear is also here. Uh, Because of the, uh, well, one, because you're going to have a hockey podcast to listen to. So Nick was on that, and he'll get, he's busy working on getting that ready for y'all. And also because, again, uh, and Matt, this is actually a pretty good jumping off point for you. We were blindsided a little bit by Bolds' commitment. Like I woke up in the morning and I get James Franklin's tweets sent to my phone uh, for two reasons. One, it's always nice to know when people in the program are having a birthday. But more importantly, because I like getting the uh, We Are Better tweets. So it was really fun waking up and looking at my phone and seeing it like 6 a.m. There was just one of those sitting there. And it... Seems to me like, based on all those circumstances and everything that happened to get Bolds to Penn State, one, it was a bit of a surprise to everyone other than the coaching staff that he came here, and two, the second that the staff said, listen, Corey, we want you here, he was on it like white on rice. Well, I think you're exactly right, and I think that speaks a lot to how thoroughly this coaching staff and really the whole program, you know, there's guys behind the scenes, you know, player personnel people and recruiting support staff that is tasked with kind of having plan A, B, C, D, E, F, and probably further on down than that. And they going into signing day, there were um, really a a couple lingering questions. Um, The first was Mark Webb, who actually, as we all know by now, um, honored his commitment uh, made back in September and signed with Georgia and the other one is Tariq Castro-Fields, who is our next uh, uh, next and final signee to talk about here on our last our next podcast. And I think um, going into signing day, not knowing where either of those players were going to go, and being at the the numbers that they were, um, nineteen committed players going into signing day, they weren't really sure where they were going to have a spot. If you want to think of it this way, Corey Bolds was probably player twenty-two on the board at that point behind Castro Fields, Webb, and then himself. So when um, they got word that, um, as we know now, Mark Webb was going to stick with Georgia, that opened up the scholarship. Um, Bolds clearly knew the, what uh, what was going on the whole time and pulled the trigger pretty much instantaneously. And as you and I were talking about, Bill, before we even uh, hit record on the podcast, he was one of those guys that spent two years um, hoping for the opportunity to play for Penn State. Um, got his offer back in February, and for any number of reasons, whether it's um, academics or uh, the way he progressed on the field or the, just the overall numbers in the class, there just really wasn't that spot for him until the, I won't even say the 11th hour, the, the 12th hour, and uh, was was patient enough and it all worked out for him. Um, interestingly, you know, going back and looking at um, his recruiting history all the way back to really 2015, um, was a really sought-after player. Um, Tennessee, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, Virginia Tech. Um, I think there's a Michigan offer in there too. 
she's a player that um, at one point in time was really highly regarded by, I mean, you just heard the names, you know, the, the who's who of, of college football powers. And um, for whatever reason, the, you know, those offers were not anything that he was probably able to move on. Cause you didn't really hear those names a whole lot with him um, once he got into his senior year. But a guy that clearly has, has some talent and um, has been on the staff's radar for quite some time. Yeah, and it, again, like you mentioned, it seems like, and we, you and I talk about this uh, just among ourselves every once in a while, there's something to recruiting and getting a kid who Penn State's their dream school. When they put on that jersey, they're going to feel a sense of pride that that that's just natural to them. And Bold seems like that kind of dude. And he plays a position. Uh, it, it seems like he's still growing into what position he's going to play. He, by his scouting report, he sounds like a space-eating defensive tackle, the kind of guy who is especially dynamic in the run game. Like you said, he he got a bit far ahead of everybody uh, You know, earlier in his high school career. Everyone caught up to him a little bit. And now he has to do some work to get back ahead of everybody else. So it's going to be interesting to watch that with him. But I think he's one of those dudes. It's going to take a little bit for him to get onto the field. But when he does, he and Fred Hansard are... Like, I think Hansard is probably a better prospect. But I think Bolds is kind of like Hansard. That he can be a guy on the inside who... He may not get a lot of tackles. He may not get a lot of tackles for loss. May not get a lot of sacks. But he's going to occupy space. He is going to make it difficult for uh, opposing players and offensive linemen, quarterbacks, running backs to go near him because he's the big, strong dude who really fights when he is in the trenches. I mean, the the phrase "tough blue collar style." Uh, comes across as a kid that plays hard and works to play his role and get the job done, that comes right off of his ESPN profile. And that's a kind of dude that you really want uh, in your program, you want on your defensive line, if not as the guy who uh, who is a star, which, I mean, hopefully everyone develops into a star. That's the kind of dude, if he's coming in and he's getting reps and he's uh, giving someone a little bit of break of a break at defensive tackle, you're going to be ecstatic with that. You're going to be happy that he's going to play, you know, play his heart out. And for a late commitment, I mean, consider where Penn State was last year when they had space to go uh, uh, after a defensive tackle on National Signing Day. You know, they did, they looked around wherever they could go, and ultimately they had to go out and get Brennan Thrift, who they thought could play defensive tackle. He was a JUCO commit. Uh, Juco kid, the number 220 Juco recruit in the country. So from going to someone like that, to someone like Bolds as a, as a national signing day plan, as a kid, you want to get into your program and play defensive tackle age aside, talent aside, all that. I think that's really cool. And it's a good testament to how far this program has come. And uh, yeah, Matt, I, I think that the earliest we're probably going to see him, he seems like one of those dudes who gets uh, gets on the field in, in maybe 2019. I can't see him playing this year, and next year also seems like it could be a little bit of a stretch, but what do you think? Oh, I think you're absolutely right. I think, um, real quick, going back to your point of kind of um, you know, finding, finding the right guy, I think 
this, as we've talked about a number of these, these uh, recruiting podcasts here the last couple of days, this staff has done a, you know, we, we, we kind of make fun of it on one hand of the people that talk about, oh, you know, our staff is the best at, at finding those under the radar, radar two and three star players and, and coaching them up because um, in recruiting stars don't matter um, when, and I'm, when it kind of contradicts what I'm going to say here that the Penn State staff has done a very good job of augmenting those blue chip players. And they're one of the, the few teams in the country that has kind of reached that magical or come close to that magical 50% blue chip percentage in their recruiting classes. Um, and now they're, they're uh, fourth, third class, fourth class that they've signed here at Penn State. Um, and so I think guys like Sean Spencer especially deserve the benefit of the doubt in identifying um, the right guys. Um, you look at, at, the, at the guys that rotated in defensive tackle this year, um, none, no, none of them were big names, but they all produced and they um, were able to uh, contribute effectively on a Big Ten championship team. So I think that that's a testament to the coaching staff knowing what they're looking for. Um, but as, to, as far as when he's going to play, I think 2019 is, is really the obvious answer. There's, there's no logical path, um, barring some uh, terrible run of, of injuries at defensive tackle this year, that sees him on the field this year. And you just have to look no further than the depth chart to you know figure out if he plays at all in 2018 even it's going to be spot duty and you know kind of picking your spots you know, to get his feet wet a little bit before you're going to have to start relying on him a little bit more there's there's a lot of a lot of names and a lot of depth at defensive tackle there's not that one obvious star like anthony zettel or austin johnson in years past but there's a lot of of young talent there and um only so many snaps to be had so it's just tough to see a guy that I think we all agree needs a little bit of time to um, refine his game and probably um, refine his his strength and his body a little bit too to see the field in the first couple of years. Yeah, and whenever he does see the field, again, I, I'm excited because I'm always excited to see those kids who legitimately want to be... Uh, and of course, if you're committing to Penn State, you want to be here, but when you take... You, you know, when you're willing to wait until National Signing Day for a Penn State offer to come and then you commit at the crack of dawn, that says something about how much you love the university and how badly you want to play football here. And that's a dude I want to cheer for. So For sure. Yeah. So Corey Bolt, uh, we hope that he is uh, – that one day when we're talking about him in three, four, or five years, we're talking about a guy who, who really did some fun stuff in Happy Valley. And – yeah, we got one more of these, so let's get to it. 